Si gente. Welcome everyone. We're listening to Daniel here on the D Report. Today we'll get an opportunity to follow up on a conversation that was initiated over a year ago. The topic of that first conversation addressed graduations during COVID-19, the first wave of students emerging from high school and college right at that point during the COVID-19 pandemic that produced uncertainty. Today we'll get an opportunity to follow up on that initial conversation. One of those students was Zion Rodriguez Aceves. We first heard from Zion as he was graduating from high school and preparing to enter college. At that time, it was uncertain whether the college experience would be online or in person. At this moment, we get an opportunity to hear from him as he reflects on that first year of college and now enters his second year. Before we begin the conversation, Zion, please remind us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, cool. Okay, so my name is Zion Rodriguez Aceves. Um, I'm from East LA, um, El Sereno specifically. Um, I'm right now, I'm, I'm a sophomore at Berkeley. Um, I'm studying linguistics. Yeah, emphasis on sort of Nahua indigenous language revitalization. Zion, uh, thanks for taking time out, you know, to really kind of like share some thoughts on, on this topic that I'm going to hopefully be able to kind of share with your assistance here. And that's the, the, the topic of college mm-hmm. schooling during the, the time of COVID. Last year, we recorded a conversation with three students. You were one of them. Two of them were graduating seniors. And our conversation at the time was focused on on graduating during the time of COVID. You shared your thoughts on graduating from high school. The other two were graduating from undergrad. And my takeaway from that one was that it was it was an exciting time but also like a scary time because no one really knew what this COVID thing was going to be like for them. It was like entering the workforce for you was transitioning from high school to college. I was hoping that you could share. Maybe if we take a little break, not break, take a pause. I'd like to ask you, do you remember how you felt last year during that period when you were graduating from high school? Yeah, man, it was, it's feeling that I don't want to experience again. I tell you that, man. It was it was stressful. You know, it's sort of like, you know, leaving leaving high school is sort of like a, a really important moment, right? Because you get thrown into the world, or you sort of start to become a, a member of society or whatever. But I had to do it in under you know a quarantine with the deadly virus killing you know thousands of people, and so it's just like stress on top of stress, on top of stress. You know, figure out if I'm gonna go to school or you know. How, how classes are going to work, how financial aid is going to work. Things like that. How my schedule am I going to work? Am I going to work like a job? Yeah, it was tough, man. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah, I remember that conversation. It definitely was this line. Um, I think it was shared by everyone. Even, even teachers, myself being one of them. A time of insecurity. We really had no clue how bad it was going to get. But we were also, at least for me, I was a little bit confused because I, um, I felt insecure as to how bad things were going to get. Mm-hmm. But I kept on going to class. <laughs> yeah. Like I kept going like to my classes and giving my students homework. Mm-hmm. And it, it was confusing me because yeah. I was like, is this even the right thing to do? Like, 
Are we like in a moment of emergency? And here I am telling people like, hey, you have a paper due on Friday. When everyone's going like, should we be hiding for shelter? Because we don't know how bad this is getting. And you were one of those people that were like jumping from high school into college. And this is a year later, you did the your first year of college online, correct? Yep, uh, all online. How was it? You know what? A lot of kids disliked it or students, but you know, it really didn't bother me that much. I'm be honest with you. You know, I, I got to stay home with my friends and my family. Um, it was just like basically going to college just with, you know, everybody that I know. You know, I didn't need to find all these, di- talk to different people and new people and all that stuff. So I, I kind of enjoyed it. I don't think classes were harder, actually. You know, I had a pretty good year, my first year. Um, um, so, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. I, you know, right now that I think about it right now, since I'm here on campus, I do feel sort of like behind, a little delayed as far as like socially uh, getting involved with the community on campus. But um, besides that, you know, I, I enjoyed, you know, staying home and being with my family and friends and like in my community. That was, the, you know, the most important in my community because I don't get much of, it, much of it out here, you know. Yeah, it's interesting you point that out, the, the switch, because I was talking to a, a teacher friend of mine just today and we we're talking about like the, the pros and cons of teaching online. Yeah. But one of the things that I remember, at least for me, that I, threw me off is that when I was teaching online, I felt completely disconnected from my class as, as the as the person of record. Meaning my, my job is to facilitate the course. I was yeah. teaching an anthropology class and I was also teaching a ethnic studies class last year. And most students. Yeah, I think uh, almost all of them were there right before the shutdown so they were used to being in class with their fear or with their peers i didn't have any first years but one of the things i was thinking about what you said right now which is trippy at least for me is to consider the online format as an asset an opportunity to kind of um, get the college curriculum while still keeping a a a family base which i think what you you said right now because i i found that really hard when I was teaching most of my students in especially the ethnic studies class uh, were brown students yeah and what I found trippy was that like they had their their family in class like literally oh, like yeah. they were they were in their living rooms in their kitchens I would see oh, the yeah. mom and dad in the background cousins mm-hmm. some of them even had like uh, their children you know little babies with them and it, it was always kind of like me trying to say like, hey, you no know, need to be embarrassed. Like we're all going through this together. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult. I could tell them they were really kind of going like, it's hard to go to college while I have my family with me. But there's mm-hmm. also a, another, another line, which I think uh, I want to highlight, which is you said, like for, for some of us, it was an opportunity to go to college with your family. As, exactly. as an opportunity to feel strong, like, hey, I don't have to do this alone. And I, I mean, I hadn't really thought about this. I just want to kind of give you a credit for allowing me to kind of consider that because when I went to college, I went to, I went to college after doing a community college first. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, went, I went to UC Davis and that experience of like leaving your family, uh, even though I was excited, man, I was so excited to have that 
that college experience, but it hits you immediately. You're like, oh, I'm by myself. Oh, yeah. And here's where you're at. I think right now that year later, this is you going to Berkeley. How many weeks have you been up there? Oh, man, I want to say five, five or six, almost a month. Yeah. Okay. How was that transition? I mean, like you mentioned that you felt a little bit of a delay because you did your first year online, but like for all intensive purposes, this is your going away moment, right? This is where like your whole family takes you, drops you off in college and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Um, you know, it's my second year. And so you don't really get guaranteed dorms. You don't, you know, you don't get a really guaranteed that you're going to stay anywhere or you're going to have, you know, food to eat and stuff like that. And so it was hard really getting into, you know, I, had, I was searching for health places like for months and, you know, I, I came up with this place, you know, it's, pretty like nice place but um yeah it, it was tough just sort of logistically working that out but I mean beyond that sort of emotionally I'm not gonna lie man it's been hard I try to convince myself that it's not hard but you know it's been hard I don't have a community out here um you know I can't I call my parents every day and so that's kind of like it's annoying you know I have to call my parents instead of just walking into the next room and have not seen and uh, just seeing them you know taking care of my own, you know, my stuff, like paying rent, um, applying for all these, you know, uh, like financial help, you know, all this type of stuff. And so it's, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard because I'm not in my community or not with my family, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the fight. You know, I'm not, I ain't no sucker, man. And I hear it because what throws me off is how you said it. Like, it's not just simply that this is like your first year, you know, away and entering college. And I, I know that all across the United States, there's a bunch of people that are experiencing your moment. For some of them, it's like straight out of high school. So this, this summer that passed for them, it's like they, it was their transition to college. Yeah. For you, you already had a whole year of college, but it was online. Mm-hmm. So you're home. But for all intensive purposes, this might as well be your first skip as if it was from last year. But it, it's harder as I hear you kind of identify some of the key obstacles because the school is treating you like a second year. Yeah, exactly. I remember like a lot of the things that I think we take for granted about the first year is that the first year, a lot of it's social, like plugging yourself into like, ideally, if you have a dorm opportunity, immediately you're surrounded by your peers you may not like them because there's no guarantee that they're going to be cool people but but you have a whole floor of people that are like about your same age going through the same things figuring things out together Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think there's a whole generation of of you that due to covid didn't get that and are kind of going back Mm -hmm. or going 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 full-time now in person to their colleges but as a second year, but they're not really second years because you didn't get your first year on campus. You got it online. What are some of the things that you're noticing as you kind of enter your, your campus? You chose Berkeley. You had seen it already. I'm assuming you went to check it out before I, going. I did, man. That was, I, I had never even been to the campus. So it was, you know, extra tough sort of maneuvering my way around campus, trying to find out where my classes are, where the library is, especially, you know, sort of, um, ethnic studies you know we don't have chicano studies here and so you know i had to find ethnic studies departments and stuff like that so yeah it was hard but um right now i'm just thinking about like what this conversation 
sounds like for for new students you know like mm -hmm. and for most people this year or this moment when did you guys start classes it's the beginning of this month oh no okay. last month sorry so you guys started at the end, last week of august i think so yeah yeah because it was around my birthday yeah because uh uh some of some of the ucs are starting uh, i think like this this week is berkeley a semester or quarter system semester yeah that's what it is because the quarter system starts later yeah they get 10 weeks i'm teaching the semester so we started um september 6th that was our first week um but oh. what i'm noticing as at least when i go on campus is that like it's a lot of that newbie like everyone's excited to be like at the college that they were looking forward to go to meet people but there's also a trip about this sense of like dealing with covid i mean like one of the things that i think a lot of us are, are confused about I, i voiced it earlier is that like how much are we supposed to recognize that that this is a a very difficult time Yeah, you know, so that I I mentioned like I'm I'm going to class right now, and I'm like double masking. All my students are 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 with masks, and um, it's a trippy moment because I'm there lecturing and trying to have conversations, and I'm kind of telling to myself like, are we supposed to pretend <laughs> that we're not going through a pandemic and that everyone is pretty scared? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So does it feel like that over there, or are people kind of like, nah, we're we're in college, all that's happening outside of it? Yeah, man, that's how it feels. You know, it feels like Berkeley sort of the sort of bubble that COVID doesn't exist in, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, in, in school, we're still, or in class, we're still, you know, all masked up. You know, every once in a while, you get the kid, this, the mask falls down or he takes it off on purpose. But yeah, Berkeley definitely feels like it's some sort of bubble where COVID doesn't exist. But I mean, so the requirement to get on campus was was a vaccine. So you had to come vaccinated already. Um, So, you know, that made me feel a little bit better, but still it's like no masks anywhere, basically. I mean, you know, the other students who are sort of responsible could say wear the mask, but then you have the more, you know, mo most students don't wear masks, basically is what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's what's tripping me out because like, um, I've been kind of keeping in contact with a lot of the the people that I know that are teaching at the university settings. And um, we have like a divide. Some people are really kind of, careful careful to the point that they feel vulnerable they're just like when i see someone without a mask i'm tripping out because i'm having a mask on because i think that we're still under this covid pandemic scare and as an educator like teachers are kind of like trying to do their best to kind of do their jobs but at the same time they're, they're trying to also keep themselves safe and one of the things that i'm i'm assuming in fact i saw that yesterday i was on campus teaching And um, I was walking out of campus, I mean, out of a class going toward my car and it was toward the quad and it was full of people, but as it should, I'm saying like, it's just, but it, but my vision was uh, um, tripping me out because most of them, most of them had masks, mm -hmm. but their behavior and I could hear everybody talk. It's like, it's college. I mean, yeah. they're talking about like, where are you going for lunch? What party? Hey, did you see so-and-so? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go visit so-and-so. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, that's going to be trippy because like, how do you try and balance um, the college experience, which is a healthy space to be? I mean, you're going to be in, in a society of your peers. 
it's a weird world, man. Like for, for a couple of years where like, when you show up to campus, almost everyone's about your same age grade. Yeah. And if they're not, they're probably the teachers. That's how, and that's your logic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird world. Like you use the word, the analogy of the bubble. For me, I remember uh, when I was an undergrad, I went to UC Davis in my last year. That's what I used to use. Like I, but I used it in a way that I, I was tired. I was like, I can't live in this bubble anymore. But I was using the same term because it felt confusing. I was like, what are we doing here? It's not really matching the stuff that's happening outside of campus. But for what it's worth, um, that space, it's unique. And, and I think it does offer us a little opportunity to kind of like appreciate it and grow, you know, because like, I don't think we get that again to be in a society of your peers because <laughs> it's like 14 i don't even know how many people are in berkeley oh, yeah. but i would imagine like i don't even know man there's so many people yeah it's tough man like i was telling you about the, the whole you know social life thing right you sort of like you said there's students in the quad talking and like you know i don't know nothing about that you know i've never been on no quad talking to nobody you know what I mean? uh, maybe that's because you know just due to my situation right i go to campus and i go home you know i'm not living on campus um but yeah maintaining the social life during this sort of you're under this some sort of like quarantine mandate and you have to sort of follow all these rules but nobody's following them but you feel wrong for not following them you know it's, it's tough it's tough especially like we talked about earlier you know being a, a second year but you know really a first year experience i'll ask you for your permission you could tell me um if you want to talk about something else but i was thinking about the the idea of like going to college but going to college with with um, with a little bit of caretaking, like almost like careful, because you're like not sure of really how much you can take advantage of it. I'm not really sure how to say it because I'm working through this question that says, for a lot of us, when we go to college, we've been working a long time to get there. Yeah. But when we get there, it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. And it's not an academic question. Like, yeah, the classes are tough, but you're like, I got this. Yeah. It's all the other stuff that gets into our heads that make it harder. Yep. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that? I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think um, Berkeley is sort of an academic, sort of rigorous school, right? Academically. And, you know, I felt it. I felt the, you know, a little bit of the pressure, but, you know, I think, you know, we're in for the fight, right? We're not, I ain't dropping out or nothing. But um, beyond that, sort of emotionally, sort of socially, um is that what sort of what we wanted to talk about right sort of uh, um the social aspects of of my life um outside of berkeley is i'm be honest with you man it's non-existent basically man i mean i go to school i i go to school i i go get something to eat and then i go home that's basically my every day oh uh, i have early days um today and thursday they're my like, sort of like early days i don't have two classes so i usually go to the park to go, go for a round or play soccer but besides that like i'm not involved in organizations or not, anything like that because that's sort of like you said first year things right you sort of have to to start yourself off in that environment so you grow in that environment but you know i was i wasn't planted in that environment i um, got transplanted you know i started somewhere and got put into you know like a tree um, but you know, it's, it's good to be solo sometimes, you know, I mean, I, all my life, you know, I have such a big family, it's just tight, tiny community that, you know, I, I always had somebody with me, you know, whether it was a friend, a cousin, and my mom, and, but now, you know, I'm sort of on my own, and it's sort of a new, it's a new experience, obviously, and uh, I don't know, I don't want to say it's been bad, but 
you know, like like I said earlier, it's been it's been rough. You know, I don't I don't, I don't really um, evolve involve myself or have. I'm just like not really in social spaces, basically. And I I wish I was, to be honest with you. I really wish I was. You know, I like to talk to people. You know, I'm here talking to you. I like to talk to different people and you know learn. But um, it's just been extra tough. Like I said, the transplant. You know, I'm a transplant. What does the community look like on campus in Berkeley? And by by the community, uh, it can be just the Nijana, the Brown, Chicana community. Is there one? Let me tell you, man. I just found the ethnic ethnic studies library last week, and um, so we don't have a Chicano studies department or Black studies. We're all ethnic studies here. It's what a surprise, right? Um, and um, we're all jumbled up into one building that's sort of like in a basement kind of like you have to walk down these stairs and then like cross a bridge and then there you are in the ethnic studies library and you know it's divided between all of these you know ethnicities where you have the asian and the native american the black and the chicano studies you know we have a corner you know the right i think it's the right hand corner of the room and we have like a little library like a row six rows of books and then we have a table and so that's what the community is like here you know it's and then, you know, just this year, I don't know if you heard about this, but Berkeley sort of put out this big thing about bragging that Berkeley is the UC that accepted the most Latinos or something like that, or most Latinos accepted, you know, some, you know, some sort of BS, you know, it's not, you know, I can't see, you know, I don't see. It. And don't even get me started. I mean, I, I try to take Chicano studies classes and, you know, I think we only have one professor, to be honest with you. Like there's probably only one Chicano studies professor because I've taken one class and this semester I tried to look for it and it was the same guy I took the class with last semester. And it was only one. You see what I'm saying? So it's 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 tough, man. And and I don't, you know, it's I went to Semillas, right? So these things were given to me. Or I, I grew up in an environment where these things were Chicano study was something I had to take. And you know, it's not that I feel forced on me, you know, I love the study of my people, right? But um here it's something that I have to sort of fight for, and I never done that. You know, it's not that I've never done that before, it's just that like it's a new setting of battle, you know what I'm saying? And um, I mean, I have the tools to, to fight the battle, you know, I have the weapons, but it's sort of, um, it's not a battle that only one person can take on. I hear it because what's throwing me off is as I hear you is that like, I'm trying to recall like my time as an undergrad. Um, I said earlier, I went to UC Davis and I actually ended up majoring in Chicana studies. Um, and at the time, UC Davis had a huge Chicana studies department. Nice. And by huge, I think like, you know, I don't know, easily like the faculty of 12, you know, like a big mm. where like it had even it even had different fields, like it had a humanities emphasis and a sociology emphasis. And you could just take different yeah. tracks. And I took humanities. I did more wow. like the arts and stuff. But as you mentioned, I think for me, that department served as the place that I was able to build community aside yeah. from the fact that I I I did dorm my first year mm -hmm. and that immediately plugs you into a, a floor of people that you know like when it was time to go to lunch we would we would just call each other and we'd go up to the local cafeteria and which was in our dorm area and we'd eat and after class if you were by yourself you'd go knock on people's door hey what are you doing yeah. you know and and I think that's the one that that um, that you're identifying as missing in in this conversation, 
And maybe, I don't even know if Berkeley's aware of it, like as a school, because you would hope that they would, right? Because like yeah. that part is the one of the reasons that um, most of us understood was like a vital component on, on, on retention. Because mm -hmm. academically, even when things were hard, like, man, I'll just get a tutor for my chemistry class. That's not a, that's not a problem. Yeah. But like me feeling that I can't go knock on someone's door to go have lunch. Then now that's the one that they have to figure out. What do you do there? You know, exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I, I would imagine that a lot of students are probably going through that right now nationwide as they are kind of like put back to school. Mm -hmm without that year, as you mentioned, that was actually the prereq for second year. Hmm. The, the, the first year is the, is the clumsy year. It's where you're like, yeah. you get to know people, you get to know where everything is at, you find your niche. Mm -hmm. And by the second year, hopefully you're, you're up and running because everything is familiar. Mm -hmm. But as I hear you mention your, your experience, uh, I'm catching a pattern that's like, yeah, like on the books, you're, you're a second year, but it might as well be a first year Exactly. without the first year benefits yeah I, I, you know what the other day i went to go try to get a soccer game somewhere and they're you know they were talking you know, like, well what, what what year you know i tell them oh, you know i'm a second year and he goes oh so you're first year and you know it didn't offend me but it just took me off like well what the i mean i'm i academically you know the books like you said the books say i'm a second year you know but you know it's true you know i'm i'm, I'm a first year socially that i i'm looking for a soccer team i would have been part of a soccer team already you know if i was a first so, yeah, it's been it's been a little a little bit of a trip because you get you know little comments like that. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but still, you know, it's sort of something you want to feel involved in the community and not sort of like, oh, you're that kind of guy. You know what I mean? You're 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 the one that's like, oh, that's sort of been here but not here. You know, a rookie. Yeah, that's weird. I never really thought about that point because, like, what I'm noticing, um, I was talking to a student uh, last week. She said that last year she was on campus, even though the whole year everybody was online. What the heck? Okay. And so I didn't really follow up. I thought that was like kind of weird because like, oh, so you were just going online, but you were here, you know? And, and then she said, yeah, but that was a mistake. <laughs> but I get it now, I think, because like she probably felt like isolated. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, she's on campus, but everyone's online. And I don't even know where she was staying. Maybe she was staying on campus or off campus, but it, it was probably a very isolating experience to yeah. be fully online. Mm -hmm. And this year she's back. So she's probably going through that moment of like, okay, this is what college was supposed to be. You know, where you actually meet people, talk to people. I'm curious also if we could talk a little bit about just your expectations of college. Last year when we talked, um, you know, you were you were pretty excited. You were down for for everything that was going on. I mean, actually George Floyd as a term, the protests were everywhere. You yeah. voiced your, your support and your hesitation, like I should be out there, but I'm, I'm taking care of myself for my family so I don't expose them yeah. to COVID. Yeah. Now that you see yourself like out there, you know, literally you've gone to, to, to your college now and you're, you're on your track. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about, about your re-entry or your entry to college now? I mean, I guess in regards to sort of the sort of um, justice or sort of activist um, perspective, it's been very dull, um, honestly. Um, I was telling somebody that 
Berkeley comes off as a sort of really radical, maybe sort of left-leaning school. But like I mentioned earlier, right, we don't sort of provide our student or the students with, you know, the sort of the adequate education or materials to be actually the radical school that, they, that Berkeley says they want it to be, right? You know, we get sort of odd demonstrations, right? The first week of school, somebody spilled some sort of vegan protest. They spilled blood into the into a pond, you know, stop eating animals. Fine, right? That's okay. Nice performance. But I mean, I think it's it's the it's the job it's Berkeley's job to be like, okay, this is what the students are protesting. And so how do we how do we teach them about this or how do we go about approaching this subject of veganism or sort of big meat, the you know the big meat industry. And sort of those those facilities don't exist, right? So just students doing odd sort of um artistic activism that I'm, I'm not really a big fan of. Maybe it's just not because I'm not an artist, but um, yeah. <laughs> Besides that, man, there hasn't been anything really, you know, I really expected it, right? You sort of come into this environment in Oakland, right? You think Black Panther, oh man, you know, I'm gonna be put in this arena where we challenge each other, where we're, you know, we're fighting the man, right? We all have the common enemy where, you know, where the Raza, where the people were together. But nah, you know, it was just a total deception, I think, that Berkeley has for students, which is wild, man. You know, I think I sort of based my whole the reason to go to Berkeley on that, on that idea that I was going to be in a radical space with radical people who would question my beliefs and I'd be able to question their beliefs. And, you know, so far I haven't, haven't experienced it. Maybe that's my fault, but, you know, I haven't seen No, that. but I think there's, there's something about where we are right now, too. I, we're having this conversation within the context of, of COVID, you know, the pandemic has transformed all our lives. Oh yeah. As a yeah. conversation on, on, on college, it sounds familiar. I mean, in the sense that like, I keep sharing like, oh, when I was an undergrad, this is like, yeah. And you kind of go like, yeah, that kind of sounds like something I can relate to. Yeah. But at the same time to kind of check the conversation a little bit, I would, I would probably even be, I would expect maybe maybe someone you know like as you mentioned to even say like you guys can't have the same conversation because the the reality that I saw 20 plus years ago as an undergrad in Davis mm -hmm. is not the reality that Zion is having right now in 2021 mm -hmm. you know like during COVID I think there's there's too many things to like really kind of question but one of the things that we're touching right now is that the role of activism in the college setting and you mentioned something about, uh, you know, like your experience in Semillas in high school as kind of the content. One of the things that I remember about you and everyone there um, is that you were versed in, in, in political activism and not necessarily always in the sense of the front line, but you were versed in what is happening in the people's struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you think that's part of the conversation of why Berkeley kind of feels a little bit off? Or do you think anyone would be also able to kind of identify what you've found as a surprise pattern? Yeah, it's something that I had to realize, you know, I, I took a Chicano studies class, uh, maybe my first semester, and it was sort of a class of students who are just realizing what they're, you know, what understanding what Chicanismo is, or, you know, the sort of concept of Aslan, or, you know, whatever it is, whatever radical, you know, idea it is. And I sort of came into the university setting with that already, you know, sort of in my mind, right? Sort of this idea of what you, my, interpretation of Chicanismo or what I believe Aslan is, right? 
And so, you know, I've had to dial it down, honestly, because I know people are not sort of, I don't want to say on the same level as me, but they don't have the same experience as me, or they don't have, you know, the same amount of understanding of that subject or sort of political action as me, right? Um, so it's been tough as far as, you know, getting into that um, sort of realm with people, but there is sort of this, um, this thing that I don't, I don't really like is sort of this debate that's constantly happening about like, that's sort of like it, 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 um, it takes a sort of people of color out of the, the debate. And so it allows sort of like a lot of bias to come in. And that's sort of this whole like, am I a communist? Am I, you know, this odd, really like what? Like, you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. It's just sort of this Western idea, right? I, I heard, you know, Moro Technique said this, you know, he talked about that, the whole supremacy with, with, with political philosophers, right? They don't have to deal with, you know, being brown, being black, being, you know, whatever, being indigenous, right? And so these things are not taken into consideration into, in those circles. I'm sorry, I went off on some crazy. No, no, I, I let me just kind of tag on to what you stated. I said, I didn't even say what the moral technique said. I, I think he said, oh, he said um, the, that um, we never, you never need to teach an indigenous person communism because we know how to share it. We've been sharing for thousands of years, right? And I was like, I mean, that's the truth. That's the honest truth, right? He put it simple, but, you know, it's the honest truth. One of the things that that you referenced was this kind of like expectations of what college was supposed to be. Surprisingly, even, even within the idea of like, maybe it wasn't exactly how you thought it was going to be, but there's something that a lot of us can relate to that... Um, we learn to kind of speak differently about things that we were already speaking, or we learn to speak about something new, you know? Yeah. But then one of the ones that we find kind of difficult, at least I found it difficult, was to have something that I was saying be retranslated. So that, for example, you mentioned, like if you were talking about like the issue of being critical of capitalism, because it hurts people of color, and then someone says, oh, are you a socialist? Are you a communist? And you're like, dude, I don't, that's not even what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was talking about, you know, just the way that capitalism exploits people of color. And then they're like, yeah, you're talking about communism. Have you read Marx? And you're like, eh, I don't even want to, or maybe you yeah, do, exactly. but, but exactly. then at a certain point, you're like, why are you translating me? <laughs> like, just let me speak. I'm saying something that I feel is right. Mm -hmm. Um, and anyway, I'm just echoing what you said, I think in a different way, but that weird sense, I think um, is, is something that a lot of us uh, learn quickly, I think in, in our first years of college, like yeah, that there's a the language ridiculous. there. It's ridiculous sort of translation of the act, like you don't know what you're saying, right? Like you, you come from sort of some sort of weird world where these concepts don't exist or where books don't exist or, and you don't know about these sort of political philosophies or whatever the hell they are. Um, and it's sort of like, plays into the sort of uh, the sort of supremacy right this sort of white power complex that oh i i you know i study marx you know i study hegel or whatever that fool's name is you know and you're like you know what you know i read you know a little bit of i don't know you know zapatista literature and you know that's just totally dismissed right and so it's, yeah man that's that's been like a sort of a, a struggle of mine right now sort of getting over that and being able to speak you know over that being like, nah, nah, I don't know none of that you're talking about. I didn't, you know, I have my own ideas and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where most of us have been um, as a as a longstanding conversation. I I've really kind of um, at least what helped me a lot early on was to hear the narratives or the the entries of, of the previous generation of, of people that I thought were like me. Yeah. So like the 1960s, early Chicanas, uh, indigenous communities that were in on college campuses, what did they say, you know? Yeah. Um, and some of these things, they said the exact same things that we were saying right now. And you're like, wow, that's trippy. How's that possible? We haven't moved the needle much. And maybe that's the conversation about college. Like we, we are going into these old institutions you know, that are stubborn and, and like letting go of their like ideologies and not giving room for other voices. But the thing that, you know, I said earlier is like, they are stubborn, but they say they're not, you know, and that's where it sort of hit, you know, it's like a stab in the back, right? Like I said, I came into Berkeley thinking about all oh, these sort of radical movements they had, right? Sort of amazing thing, you know, with the, you know, they were, did a lot of work with the disabled community, you know, they did a lot of really cool, you know, sort of pro-queer type of things, you know? And, you know, you show up and it's just not there. It's just this sort of lie that, it's like, facade that you think, you know. It's like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like watching a movie about high school when you're in middle school. And then, like, high school is nothing like that. You know what I mean? Nobody's singing down the halls or <laughs> playing the trumpet or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. Zion, maybe we can end on that. You reflecting on where you were last year and where you are right now. Looking back, it's sort of like looking down a long journey, you know what I mean? Because it's been so hard. Um, it feels like it's been longer than whatever a year, you know? Um, but, you know, we've made it. We're here. We're still fighting. We're going strong. And I think that's, that's you know, what's important to take away from that lesson or that, that journey that I had to take, right? Um, I just happened to, you know, go to college during the pandemic. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think so. For some reason, the word "thankful" is popping up in my head. For some reason, um, because it sort of made me more adaptable. I guess um, made me more considerate person. I think that was something that I lacked a lot of, and the pandemic definitely made me a more considerate person. Um, because I needed people to be considerate with me, right? Like you said, people's families were in the in the Zoom, right? And my mom sat next to me and listened to my lectures, right? Um, and so to to let that happen, you have to be a really considerate person, right? Because your professor, you you know, you want to be a serious teacher, or, you know, it doesn't matter, but you know, you want to sort of have some sort of rule in the classroom, and you have to be lenient about that. And so I, you know, I learned learned a lot from the from that experience, the year online. Um, but you know, I'm ready to learn some new stuff now that I'm here in person. Um, yeah, I think that, that wraps it up. All right, Zion, well, man, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on this talk. Thanks, thanks for having me, man. It's always fun, it's always fun to talk to you. You've just finished hearing a conversation with Zion Rodriguez Aceves. Zion shared his experiences as he transitions from online in-person college attendance. A particular emphasis for those that work on campus or have family attending colleges is this discrepancy between the way that universities and colleges 
may be academically prepared to address the transition from online to in-person, however, may not be including the student voices that signal the discrepancy between what is on the books and what is the lived experience for students. Zion, I want to thank you for sharing your experiences and adding your voice into this conversation. I'm sure I stand with many people that know you, care for you, and are excited by your journey. To paraphrase your words, we go through this as a community. And as you find yourself away from the place you call home, I hope you can keep in mind that that community is always with you. You've been listening to Daniel here on the Deer Report. You can catch the first conversation by searching for graduating during COVID-19 from June 6, 2020 on dreport.org, as well as check out the past archive shows. I hope you found this conversation relevant and interesting and take it to your respective circles to continue. Thank you for tuning in. Stay strong, stay safe, and join us again for the next conversation.